again. Thank you for joining us today. This is the Dr. Tommy Show. America's free market doctor, and I'm joining you live from Wesley Chapel from the comforts of Echelon Health, which is your local friendly concierge medicine practice. And we are so proud to use your local friendly, actually national friendly, EMR called Atlas MD for our EMR. And the reason we use it is because it is by far the very best thing I've ever seen. And Tracy speaking as the Vice President of Operations at Echelon Health. What do you... Well, I've used several medical um, our EMRs, you know, over 20 years, and this is the best one that I've ever used. And, you know, you get the... We just got the... Uh, I saw it says, oh, your uh, deposit went through, which is always great. Yeah, we get an email. It was missing zeros. Did you notice I that? I know. It is every month. I don't know what the heck. Every month. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it'll tell you when your deposits are going through, when you're when your billing cycle has changed and someone said billing and I got to clarify, it's not billing through the idiotic CPT ICD nine BS that you're used to. It's billing with the uh, person that you deal with who pays you to have uh, expert care as a concierge medicine practice. So you're billing your patients and that's the billing. And mm-hmm. speaking of experts, we're uh, very happy to welcome to this show today. Uh, Mr. Bill Kosart. Bill, how are you doing? I am wonderful. Great to see you guys. Joining us from the uh, nether or northern regions of uh, Massachusetts, in Massachusetts. Bill, how's the weather there? I'm curious. Is it beautiful? (laughs) Oh, it was great. We had, it was 45 and raining for the longest time. Then it went to 98, 88, and now it's back to 50 and raining. 50. So it's, uh, we'll get there. Hmm. So Bill's joining us today, and uh, we were talking last week, and I said, Bill sent me that text message, actually, and I didn't even realize it. So he said, uh, did you hear about what happened to Q Alliance? So I was like, no, I didn't. And I read it, and I was like, well, this would be a good time to do a direct primary care uh, membership medicine type update. And so I'm just going to read here from uh, Seattle Times in case uh, you haven't noticed this or haven't heard about it. Anyway, so membership medicine, what we do here is concierge medicine, but I include in that direct primary care too. And I think most people do, but anyway, this is from the Seattle times from Carol Carlson, Kara Carlson. And it says uh, Q Alliance medical management a Seattle based chain of clinics that provided basic medical treatment on a monthly membership basis closed Monday after a decade of providing low cost and insurance free primary care. Q Alliance once considered or considered a pioneer of the medical model, told patients in an email that limited services would be available over the next 30 days. And if you're not familiar with it, uh, it says the company attracted early attention because it had been backed by big name investors, including Jeff Bezos, uh, Zillow chairman Rich Barton, Seattle Sounders owner Drew Carey, entrepreneur Michael Dell, and Seattle venture capitalist Nick Hanauer, I believe. So, Bill, when you sent me that, it was kind of out of the blue. And, um, for, the, for a person like yourself who follows this type of thing, what, what was your initial reaction? They have always been, uh, yeah, first of all, it's terrible for, um, just checking something. Yeah. Um, it's terrible for the industry and the industry being the term that I like that you use is membership medicine because um, the, there were different, First of all, there's no official language, okay? And they were doing a uh, version of membership medicine, which obviously you and I support. Um, And what is the killer 
about this is is that they were so high profile. Uh, I was just checking; they were in Time Magazine. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Dave Chase, who uh, you know, writes about this industry, and uh, last year uh, he did, he picked he wrote uh, companies to watch in 2016, and he gave them honorable mention. Yeah. So they're attracted, and then also the people, the the, the investors that you just listed are yeah, it's incredible. Would, would all love that? And how much money did we talk about that uh, they received? Was, well, at one point there was thirty-three million dollars invested in the company. Okay, so. I it, it's just the, the, there's something terribly wrong, and it's not the membership yeah that's, medicine model, and that's what I want to say. Yeah. I don't take any glee and seeing this company go and I want to make that crystal crystal clear but I just don't want uh, naysayers to point to this and say right. it doesn't work because there are hundreds thousands of doctors like yourself independent who are doing the hardest thing any small business has to do and that's make payroll every week mm -hmm. and these guys are not the ones who are being um, yeah, covered in Time Magazine, uh, written up every day. Yeah. And so these high-profile, uh, you know, they're running on venture capital fumes, presuming. Well, and then they go under, and it just makes it look terrible. Well, um, back to what you said about, you know, you know the, the financing part. Tracy, if we had, I don't know, a million dollars when we started this business, do you think it would have made us different? I mean, it would have been easier, let's say. It would have been easier, sure. I mean, we we had moments of, you know, struggling in the beginning, but I don't, I just don't know why we would need that much money. Well, not not just, that's that, the, granted, they had a bunch of clinics, but I'm just thinking of the principle of getting that much money. Does mm -hmm. that change the way you approach the business? Does that make you I don't believe make smarter decisions or less smart decisions? I think that, no, I mean... Because I think it would make us make less smart decisions. Yeah, because well, you would we maybe would have went out and bought things we yeah. did not need. Spent, you know, we our EKG machine. You know, we mm -hmm. looked for a bargain. Mm -hmm. We looked for bargains on things, and when you get money, you don't always spend right. it appropriately when it's someone else's. So, like Bill's saying, you know, we're we're yeah. out here hitting the streets. The the the, the group of us that mm -hmm. known as membership medicine, and we're not all so fortunate mm -hmm. to uh, have venture capital. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's a good thing. I don't know, Bill. What what is your thoughts on a uh, venture capital? In this type of industry is there is this industry ready for venture capital is it need venture capital well that's the other thing i think that just scared them away mm -hmm. uh which is terrible uh sure why not um I, i'm open to anything but tracy's point about how you shop you know when it's your own money you shop uh more conservatively yeah uh even if you get like a, a gift certificate you kind of yeah you, uh, you know for christmas right right Kind of look at it as ah well you know they'd want me to spend the entire hundred dollars so I'll buy seventy five dollar what I wanted and the other twenty five of something I probably wouldn't and now you, you just ramp that up to thirty three million and uh, I, I am going to take half a step back they did do an ex I don't know how they did it and it's an extraordinary job of some and then we can argue this both ways. Of it appears to be getting Washington State's Medicaid yes. system mm -hmm. as a client. Yeah, I just okay. was about to cover that. Okay, so that is tough to do. Mm -hmm. And so my hat's off to them to do that. Now, I don't care what the state is. If you and I were given the lump sum, be it Florida there or Massachusetts here, definitely Massachusetts, 
uh, of whatever it is per person, per capita, uh, that Massachusetts spends on Medicaid, and we took them in in a cap capitated system. I know we could do better. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, the point but is... But I don't know how they pulled that off. Well, here's... here's and that could be their downfall, too. So this is an email I got from uh, our former EMR that we had before, and I'm not going to read who the EMR is, but it says, Hi, Dr. McRoy. The CMS and commercial payers are continuing to move from a fee-for-service to a value-based reimbursement approach. Below are some of the ways we're here to help you participate in value-based reimbursement in 2017 and beyond. Um, blah, blah, blah. While these programs may seem complicated, participating in them doesn't have to be. We look forward to being your partner in every step of the way. And it talks about CPC plus, MIPS, Medicaid meaningful use, ONC certified, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, you know, if I'm a membership medicine practice, the reason Tracy and I do this is because we don't give a damn about any of this. Yes. And when I got that same email, I read it briefly and then I went delete. So back to my point is it so they did they did get the the big the big uh uh, the big client, let's call it. But you come in with all these strings attached, all this nonsense that mm-hmm. detracts, at least from my opinion. And now I take, and I say that halfway because I did offer one of our patients is a is very, uh, uh, he's an executive with one of uh, the companies that does membership, or sorry, does Medicaid contracting. I said, look, we'd be willing as a, as a, uh, a trial to take on 10 patients. You know, it would have to work out the things, but I would be willing to do take on 10 patients if you gave them the money. Mm-hmm. for the practice or for the membership and then they paid us mm-hmm. but we're not taking the money from the state and we're not taking it with any of your strings but mm-hmm. uh, i don't know bill what do you think of it? so cms and or, medicare and medicaid and all that fitting in a direct primary care how does that fit in does it fit in because most yeah, if, most direct if, if just pay us but the, you don't need us to report and i'm right. saying us we don't need to put in the codes, mm-hmm. okay? Because let's just t- take it as a lump sum. Just mm-hmm. pay, pay a membership fee, right. and it includes everything that you do. Mm-hmm. You can track the results downstream, okay? Mm-hmm. When they check into the hospital, then you'll know what's going on, right. okay? And when they don't check into the hospital, you'll know what's going on, right? okay? And if we take... Ten uh, percent of the state of well, let's just pick your city of the of Tampa. And we put them under your care. You know, I know it's a lot of people, but just work with me. Mm-hmm. And we see how they work out at the end of the year compared to the other ninety percent. We both know that you will get it done. Uh, the, the, they'll have first of all, they'll be happier. Right. They'll get better care, and they'll end up saving money. Well, the reason because you. Know, checking off every little box and, and I, that's what jokes everything but i don't know what the q lions um uh agreement was out there but i imagine that, that there had to be some sort of reporting oh and, sure um but i still always say you will see the results downstream well you know mm-hmm. i told tracy and tracy what do you say about who, who we're going to pick though we're not just going to take no they but um this program they this insurance they have mm-hmm. um a little special program within itself remember and i right. said and these were um people that took an initiative with their health and right. i said i think we should probably if we were to take yeah. 10 people we'd have to have that group and if come you're, to us if you're listening to this out there and you call that cherry picking i call that picking the right patient because mm-hmm. whether you call it cherry picking or not i call that picking someone who fits your model 
Uh, we, you know, we, we have, have patients that are, are people that are proactive with their health. Yeah. Well, we get patients in here sometimes wanting to learn more about our practice. And then mm-hmm. they say, well, you know, that's not for me. And it's right. It's not for them mm-hmm. because they don't want to necessarily. And it's not and it's not anything derogatory about them, but they don't want to optimize their health. Mm-hmm. They want refills. And that's not what we do here. Mm-hmm. And we can we could do that if we wanted to. I mean, mm-hmm. I could do anybody could do that. I don't want to. And it doesn't it makes me bored to death to do that. And so I would tell them, you look, if if all you need is someone to see once a year and have refills, then this is not the practice for you. Mm-hmm. It is not. And you're wasting your time and money being mm-hmm. here and 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 frankly our time. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's absolutely right. But anyway, overall, I think you're right, Bill. It's a, it's a bad it's bad for the business, but it is it's something that's going to have to happen at some point. People come and people go. You know, MySpace is no longer here. Q Alliance was a very big name, and Q Alliance is no longer here apparently. So, um, but that right. is not the end of it. That MySpace was not the end of Facebook or begat Facebook. So we'll see. I, I completely agree. And the doctors are fine. And the patients are fine. Mm-hmm. They can all be independent, right. and hopefully, they all, uh, uh, you know, know that this. Frankly, they could reach out to you and I mm-hmm. um, if you know that they need help. Um, but because they, it will continue. You just don't need the big name. And there's a lot of questions I have about you know why the investors wanted the money back. And, and how much did they buy it for? And it just, it's, it's again, it's not a good representation of how any membership medicine uh, operation should work. And if it was losing money, I don't know why they would buy it back. And it, it shouldn't lose money. And there's a whole bunch of things. And I believe you have, um, uh, you found another article where somebody, uh, kind of had some questions on it well they were um, saying they were saying basically the model their mo- their opinion was that the model was uh well they, they they raised questions about the cost of it using uh, nurse practitioners instead of mm-hmm. uh physicians yeah. and what was some of the other things they said oh they said that it was and this is true the other article said that it's hard to work within the model of of uh, insurance dominated third party third-party payer system we experience all the time because it's built around the imaging services and right. the laboratory services all geared towards you know third-party payers and then you walk in here your q alliance and you're trying to do uh you're trying to do what we do here on a massive scale it takes hard it's harder for us i mean just mm-hmm. think about how much time and effort we put into getting one laboratory right sometimes imagine mm-hmm. if you multiply that across all of q alliance so that's another thing i think this <clears throat> helps us understand is you know to scale this model is not the same as scaling a uh, you know a traditional insurance based practice where the infrastructure is already built in to to do that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they had mentioned something about management in there too. Oh, uh, they said they I, said that the management shouldn't necessarily be a, a physician, which obviously is you know it is what it is. Well, actually, you know, and that could have been uh, you spent your entire life in one paradigm. Now you have to move to another one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I, I, here's something else I'll say. When I still think there's room for venture capitalists, and and there are room, and there is room for uh, multiple doctor chains, and um, there's something going on in New Jersey where I think a um, oh, there's some municipal people, and I think there's an entire town in North Carolina. Uh, that went to this um, 
But the problem is when you have your your boss is you, okay? So you have to look at your, your boss every morning in the mirror and, and yeah. you know what you have to do. When you have multiple people, in outside, multiple doctors, and you have outside money coming in, people are going to want metrics. Exactly. Okay. And that is the problem. And that's it, and that's, has, mm-hmm. it has to be a gut feeling of when that your phone pings at 2.30 in the morning, it, you have to be like, Yes. Uh, okay, I want to answer this because yes. this is my person, right? As opposed to, God damn it, you know, wh- why can't somebody else be on call tonight? Right. And that's mm-hmm. the so difference. Yeah, that's you know, that's very true. Is that the metrics that we have in our practice is how happy our patients are. Mm-hmm. Now, if I worked for so and so who started Echelon Health, the metrics from our for how well I'm doing is whatever that uh, director established. So, I think you know, God bless the. Uh, the employees and the patients of Q Alliance, we wish them the best. And uh, certainly this is not the the time when anyone should say, you know, direct primary care doesn't work because it, it takes some, you know, they were in business for 10 years, so they were doing something right. Obviously, they, mm-hmm. they learned a lot and they probably taught us a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they will continue to teach us a lot. And uh, so Dr. Bliss and, and everyone at Q Alliance, we wish them the best. And we just hope that uh, the people out there don't, say that this was a failure of the practice of membership medicine because it is not it is not uh one other thing we were just closed yesterday you had seen it already tracy and i just watched it the new episode of better call saul and uh no spoiler alert if anybody's not seen the show it's season three bill you've been watching it from the beginning what's your uh take on yesterday and maybe or the last episode Okay, going back to if you had extra money, would you have him produce a television commercial? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's a good guy. He's kind of like me. I can see a little bit of myself in Saul where he likes, he actually enjoys it. You know, the cinematography and everything. Mm -hmm. And he does it on a budget. Mm -hmm. We shot this, we shot this film, this tomato film down at Hunsader Farms. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to shoot a movie. And we did it on my phone, came back and made it on my, on my computer and like what? Two days. Yes. And it looks good. It does. It looks good. Go great. on AskDrTommy.com and click on. I've had a lot of people say they, the, they love it's it. It's on the front page. And it's, and yeah. So anyway. And we're only, we're picking tomatoes, but you turned it into a three, four minute yeah. video and it's But I'd hire Saul to do my video, but I don't know. <laughs> I think uh, overall though, Better Call Saul, I hope is going to transition pretty soon. And I think they will into the uh, more, we call gritty aspects of what Breaking Bad was. Uh, I saw some people say that they don't hope it doesn't, but I hope it does. Why would they not want it that to happen? But something has to happen. Monday's episode, I, I'm seriously, I need toothpicks to hold my eyes open. Yeah, Tracy, sometime. Tracy sometimes. gets okay. bored. Easy. She didn't even want to watch the season this year. I said, I'm going to watch it. Yes, and I said, okay, I guess if you're going to watch it, I'm going to force myself to watch it. You know, with you. But I am just, I'm overly. Most of the time, I think we've had one show that I enjoyed. Well, Nacho's definitely going to try to kill Hector. What do you think? With okay. Those, with those pills. Let's let's back up. Maybe this should become a regular feature. Yeah. Uh, when Breaking Bad came out, I watched every episode. Okay. Uh-huh. We all loved it, obviously, mm-hmm. right? And you guys liked what it was. And I looked at Mike Edtrout and Saul, and I said to my kid, "These guys better be in a spinoff." Yeah. This is unbelievable. And Mike Edtrout is probably the best character in the world. So they got him back, and they got Saul. So it's fantastic. I'm just. I, I'm going to take the other side of the coin, Tracy. I am so 
glad there's something decent on TV. I don't think if there's anything else I look forward to watching. Well, yeah. that is so very that's, true. Is that is that end? As long as they keep making money, we're eventually going to get to that. And yeah. now we just found out how his name came out. Yeah. And I'm going to be guessing that he's going to be practicing without a license oh, or something. Good idea. Now, I don't know. How did you, uh, you Tommy, how did you recognize the assistant? I just know all those things, those details. Tommy has a memory that's like no other. Yeah. Just remembers. Francesca was the uh, assistant later. And then he hires her. She's all nice and everything. Then later on, she, you know, she gets tired of Saul's routine. Mm-hmm. You know, well, my yeah. interesting is, is what's going to happen with obviously his girlfriend, Kim Wexler. Yes. And I was thinking about this yeah. last night. You want me to? Sh- yeah. What, what do you think? I think she's going to be murdered by something that has to do with what Jimmy's up to. And that's going to turn him completely to the dark side. Who yeah. would murder her though? Anybody. And he's and he's tied up with these nefarious characters. And he's like got one toe in the legitimate world, one toe in this kind of non-legitimate world. And I think he's gonna she's gonna be murdered. He's gonna lose his his girlfriend. And I think that's gonna make him turn completely to the dark side. Because you can almost see yesterday when he was trying to get this cash and he's just like, I'm over this. Mm-hmm. I could just see how someone's gonna turn up and offer him a deal. Maybe Nacho. I don't know. Who will see? Yeah, it's it's just incredible. Now, all right. So, just so we make it clear, when uh, the receptionist first showed up, I texted Tommy and said, "She is working for." You thought she was a firm. plant. And <laughs> yes. Tommy texted me and goes, "No, you're wrong. She was on the on Breaking Bad." And I thought, "Oh my God, I'm dealing with a, a professional here. I'm, <laughs> well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue with him." <laughs> so, along those lines, Mike Entrout met that woman uh Lydia at the grieving council is oh, yeah. she left over from breaking bad no, she's not not no that lady okay. yeah i was trying to look at that lady and see if she What's was the, the 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 lady who was telling the story about her husband who was in the navy oh. on was, the, and mike walks up and says was he on the job yes right right that's pop yes. parlance yes. because mm-hmm. she saved his uniform and they have something's going to happen with those two. Yeah, I think and, um, uh, maybe that'll turn him to the dark, even darker side. I could say would his he, he the way he did uh, break bed. My favorite all time scene was when he took his granddaughter to a circus or a carnival, and he got a whole bunch of balloons. Uh-huh, Remember he, this? He short circuited. Right, the... He dropped. He dropped her off at her house, and he only gave her one. And she's like, "What are right? those for?" And he's like, ah, Pop Pop likes balloons. And then the next scene yes. is him walking to the semi-abandoned house, letting the Mylar balloons go. So they take the power out, and he walks in and kills everybody. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great show. You know, I hope. And when I when Better Call, Better Call Saul first came out, I said, this is the way I would do it. Me being professional, whatever director that I am, I said, you know what? <laughs> I would do Better Call Saul as a three-stage show. Stage one is prequel stage two is coincides with the time of breaking bad with cameos prn mm-hmm. meaning that you know it's in the same universe same timeline but not mm-hmm. necessarily the same as breaking bad you see it from a different viewpoint it's almost like having a different camera on the same story yeah. and right. then the third stage is he he says i'm going to forego this crazy uh life as a uh working in cinnabon and i'm going back to the business and then you could bring back some people. 
then you can make it like Breaking Bad, the sequel. So it's almost like Star Wars, you know, the the original series, the prequel, and then the the third the third part that's coming up. That's how I do it, at least. And I think they have enough room for it. The problem is, is Mike Armentrout is getting older, the character, the actor, and we need to hurry up before he gets too old. Well, didn't someone just tell us there's going to be a season four? Uh, yeah, somebody said it got renewed. Yeah, it got renewed. So there was, there's going to be a season four. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, is season three going to continue like this? Yeah. Well, I want something exciting to happen. Yeah. Well, Bill, anything you got planned on for the rest of your day? Just uh, just my usual work. Another hard yeah. day of working for yourself, huh? I love it, don't you? Oh, I do. And the problem is, the, the, I mean, and you just keep working all the time and yeah. enjoy it. It's great. Well, we need so, to we need to have you come down sometime. I know, I know. I'm I'm just I know. Next it's time, terrible. next time you have a, a period of time, let us know so we can make plans. Yeah, I know. Well, it's good know. to talk I to you, Bill. Bit. It's good to talk to you. We'll be uh, speaking and uh, look forward to uh, following your uh, stuff on LinkedIn. Great. Thank you very much. And I think we should do a uh, Better Call Saul recap every week and argue about this. I'm I'm in favor. We could start a whole separate podcast. (laughs) (laughs) See you, Bill. Bye, Bill. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That's Bill Costart, who is our friend and uh, joining us from... Bill, who I said resembles. Bill resembles, you said. Um, Harrison Ford, George Clooney. Yeah. He said he also resembles, um, um, uh, what's this called? Um, who was it? It was not It was not one of those guys, was it? Yeah. Okay. Harrison Ford, George Clooney. Who else is from that era? Those I don't know, but I was gentlemen. just watching. I was thinking he looks like Rush. He does. He could be Rush's body double. That might be a lucrative position. Oh. oh, he's calling us back. Hey, Bill. Hey. I didn't mean to disconnect you. That's all right. Well, that's the, those are good people. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. In, in my younger days, we're off air, right? Oh, no, no. we're still on. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Bill. No. no, I'm not doing it. Okay, I'll just leave you on, okay? No, I'm hanging up. Okay. Bye. So anyway, so Bill called back. But anyway, I think he looks like Rush, kind of. He does. Now that you say that, he sure does. So among the other things we want to talk about today is, uh, so today we learned on the way in that the Tampa, the Super Bowl is coming to Tampa in 2021 because uh, L.A. could not get their uh, business done in time. Which amazes me. So it's 2017. Yeah, they couldn't get their stadium built in time. Right. So I don't know. It just does not make sense to me that they cannot figure out a way to get it done within the next four years. Uh-huh. So instead, it's going to possibly come to Tampa. Well, it is going to come to Tampa in 2021. Well, they have to. They, they oh, still yeah, have to, to yeah. I mean, that's the plan, but they do still have to agree to it. Right. And the other things, other things in the news locally, the watering restrictions are going to be enforced again. Uh, June 5th, they begin and they run until August 1st mm-hmm. and it's uh, because we're down 11 inches from normal rainfall and it will be uh, one day a week. You can water your lawn. It depends on your house number mm-hmm. unless, unless, unless you do like we did yesterday and planted a garden and then any new plantings or, or lawns. Yeah, me too. Will be, uh, you can wa- water it every day for the first 30 days and every other day for the next 30. Wait, is this Hillsborough County, Pasco County, or all the entire state of Florida? I don't know. I just looked up Swift Mud. Oh, okay. I'm just, I was just curious. But yesterday we planted our rest of our garden, which took about, 
Oh, a good part of five hours, I guess. I think we did work from noon till about 5 p.m. So we have a 38 by 38 plot now, three quarters planted. Mm-hmm. And we received help from our very able uh, uh, children. Yes, they both did help. I mean, they watched actually from the sidelines at first in chairs eating boiled peanuts that mm-hmm. I, had, I had in the crock pot all day. Right. But, but then, then they did get up and help. So we planted yesterday, we, we planted another half of the garden, which we had planted a quarter of it previous, previously. And if you'd like to see that, go to uh, AskDrTommy.com on YouTube and click on uh, Planting a Garden, Sustainable Living Series. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we planted a quarter of the garden. Now we planted another two sections of it. So it makes three quarters, a half plus a quarter. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got in the ground so far, okra, okra collard greens, Green beans, mm-hmm. tomatoes, tomatoes, squash, squash, watermelon, watermelon, sunflowers just for fun, sunflowers, and um, oh, uh, and then we have acre peas and black eyed peas, black eyed peas and purple whole peas, purple whole peas, which I've never heard of in my entire life. They look like a black eyed pea, basically. Um, no, I don't even remember seeing them in stores. Um, yeah, I I have never seen them in stores. I think it's more of a specialty item that you would see like at a a, um, a market. Okay. Oh, and we planted onions. I don't know if I ever even had purple whole peas. I've never, I love acre I've never peas, even so. heard of them. I used to remember when I was a kid, we'd go visit my Aunt Gaynell in Gainesville. And every time we'd go up there, we'd have these little white peas. They almost looked like cream corn. And I'd get them and they would, I'd eat them and I'd go home and we'd never have them again because my dad liked black eyed peas. Anyway, so we'd get them, we'd go there. And then every time we went back to Gainesville, you know, once or twice a year, we'd have these. And it wasn't until I was like 27 years old that I realized what they were. They're acre peas. Little white acre peas are so good. Hmm. Um, I just learned what acre peas were, uh, let's see, this year. Yeah, they're going to be delicious. <laughs> and the so. good thing about acre peas is they don't have to wait for them to become fully mature to eat them um, because you can eat the little pods. You ever eat filled peas and they have a little green pod in them too? No, I don't think so. Uh, well, sometimes if you, if you, if you get field peas, they'll have the actual pea, but they'll have the pod cut up like little beans almost. Oh. Okay, yes, I do know what you're talking about. And you can do that I with acre peas. I bought them frozen before like that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And you can do that with acre peas. So, well, uh, this this year also we lost another member of the uh, uh, grunge era community. Um, so uh, Chris Cornell, if you didn't know already, has passed away. He actually committed suicide by hanging. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was uh, May 17th, I believe. It was last week. And so um, Chris Cornell, if you're not familiar, was a vocalist for Soundgarden, also Audio Slave, and also Temple of the Dog, which was the uh, quote-unquote super group before they were super. So uh, Temple of the Dog was formed by members of what would be Pearl Jam plus some members of Soundgarden and um, was a group that came to fame in the early 90s. And then later on, both Soundgarden and Pearl Jam became more popular as the grunge movement became um, more pronounced. So first person to die was Kurt Cobain, who killed himself. Then um, Lane Staley, who died of drug overdose, apparently. And then uh, just recently, uh, Scott Weiland from Stone Temple Pilots. And now um, Chris Cornell. Killed themselves. No. What about the third guy you mentioned? Well, two of them died from drug overdose. So if you look at it from a point of, you know, they didn't kill themselves, but but they, yeah, through their addictions, right? They slowly killed themselves through addiction, Mm -hmm. and it's just a sad thing. And if you know, if you look at it, depression is, I think, is one of the most 
least understood diseases. Mm-hmm. And they say it's a mental illness and some people think it's not a mental illness. But if you think about it from the standpoint of what it does uh, to your brain, I believe it is a mental illness because it it would take you as you're thinking normally, rationally, and it changes your, I think, your cognition. It does actually. Mm-hmm. You can see it. There's a thing called pseudo dementia. Mm-hmm. You see with people who are depressed where they have almost, it seems like they have dementia, but they have depression mm-hmm. And it's causing them to appear as they have dementia. And then if you treat their de- depression, their dementia goes away. So that's pseudo dementia. So you wonder when these people, when they, you know, what happens to them at their. I know because think about it. They're, they're rock stars. Mm-hmm. They're traveling around and they're playing music. They're doing what they love and yeah. they have families. And, you know, to me, I'm thinking, what could you possibly be upset or sad about? And I think that's what it is. And I, I don't want to, you know, speak broadly, but I think in the, in the, and you don't have to see it from a rock star standpoint, but Robin Williams, for instance, another celebrity who committed suicide. Owen Wilson, remember he attempted suicide. Yeah, but I think you get to a point in your life, and obviously I'm not an expert on it, I don't pretend to be, but my thinking of it is, is you get to a point where people are unhappy mm-hmm. and they do things and do things and do things to become happier. And then they can't. It's a perfect example. We were watching Fargo. Remember the the story of the guy? That, yes, I was thinking that actually when you started talking about so that. So there's a story he was in Fargo. Up his life. Basically. The guy read the newspaper. He was very successful, and he read the newspaper, and he said, "There's so many poor people." So he gave away his fortune, mm-hmm. and he gave away his fortune. He still wasn't happy, so he said, "I want to give more." So he gave his kidney, mm-hmm. and then he still wasn't happy. So then he wanted to go and uh, to the doctor again and say, "I want to give my other kidney." And the doctor looked at him like he was crazy, mm-hmm. and then he says, "Then he finally he killed himself." And then he wrote on the uh, wall, "Organ donor." Mm-hmm. So I think you get to a point where people are looking for something to make themselves happy, mm-hmm. and they just can't. Find and, it. and and think about put yourself in a in a point of a celebrity. Let's say call him a celebrity, whatever. A successful person. Now you have to be a celebrity. Mm-hmm. You've got money. You've got fame. You've got friends. You've got whatever. And for whatever reason, you're still unhappy or you're depressed, untreated. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes to a point of where, well, what else is there? Mm-hmm. I have to have, I, I cannot escape this. Mm-hmm. And then depression is very well-known disease. Many people suffered from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have friends Ernest that, yeah, suffer, that suffer with it. Think of this, I've never, I've had bouts of sadness, of course, but never depression. So it's hard, it is hard for me to understand why, why people just can't pull themselves out of it. Well, you know, one thing, of the, one thing that I've known from treating people with depression is it's very responsive to treatment. Mm-hmm. And it's very responsive to medication, but therapy, talk therapy. Mm-hmm. If you can just, and I think that's part of the thing about, you know, you say, how do you snap out of it? Well, mm-hmm. if you can't, mm-hmm. you need someone to help you perceive that because you're stuck in this situation where you're trying to, it's like you're inside a ball that's a mirror and you're looking and all you see is yourself. Mm-hmm. You need someone to be able to look through and see you and say, look, this is what's going on. Right. Because you're stuck inside this, this situation. Mm-hmm. And for those people who can't pull themselves out of it, I think uh, that's where medication helps, uh, therapy helps. And, and the one thing that I've learned about depression, too, is you have to, you have to, as a patient, understand what it is mm-hmm. that you have. You have to understand that these are the if there is something, there usually is something. Sometimes there's nothing. They can't pinpoint it. But usually there's something that's causing it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's somebody else or some other situation that they have put themselves into right. and can remove themselves, but they don't want to because of some conflict. Mm-hmm. So I've seen it with people with their families where their families, you know, pulling them down and pulling them down. And then they don't want to get out of it because they feel like they're abandoning their family. But at the same time, they're su- suffering greatly. Mm-hmm. 
And if you can convince them that, you know, you're not doing yourself any good, plus you'll never be able to do anybody any good if you're sick. You have to like start severing right, ties. Yes, that's exactly right. With, with yeah, family, talk about toxic with friends, people. toxic people. That's right. Get them out of your life. Yeah, toxic people. You know, one of the things we learn in residency is kind of a joke is, how do you know you've just seen a depressed patient? Well, because you come out of the office room and you're depressed. Yes. Well, some people, toxic people, will try to pull. That's how they make their way through life. Mm-hmm. Toxic people make their way through life by taking the positive energy from you. Mm-hmm. It's like an orb. They just suck it out of you. And mm-hmm. if you let them do it, they'll do it. <clears throat> sure. Just like if you let a parasite or a slug or a remora, if you're a shark, suck on you, they will. And people around you are will, if they are that type of person, will do that. Mm-hmm. They will take whatever they can get. And then once you're used up and gone, they'll move to the next person. It could be your family member. It could be your parent. It could be anybody. And the key to getting better if you're in that situation is cutting ties. No, oh, yeah, I and some agree. people don't ever want to do that. And I've I've cut ties with people. Like I said, I've never been depressed, but I have been around people that when I leave, thinking, "Oh my God, that was exhausting." Yeah. Well, you know what? Get, get rid of them. Well, you know that's. And it's, that, I find I I mean I it is something that's one of the challenges. Whatever, I feel of, better not being around them. So that's one of the challenges of medicine is being able to convince people mm-hmm. that this is actually what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You need to do this for your own health. And right. it does take extra encouragement sometimes. Well, that's all for today. Do you have anything else we need to talk about? Well, I sent you a recipe, but we can talk about that next time okay. about um, stuffed peppers. Oh, just let's talk about it. Now. Well, I sent it on your instant messenger. Just okay. a healthy alternative to eating less carbs. I took the stuffed peppers that you made. Yes. Oh, well, that will be for next time. We're going to cover yeah. the stuffed peppers. Yeah, we'll talk and, about uh, that. And actually what I'll do is I'll post the recipe mm-hmm. to Facebook and on AskDrTommy.com, I'll link it under uh, recipes. I did not take a picture of them, but I can always make them again. I did just post today See the, the pictures of the um, protein bars I made. Okay. So we had that. We talked about that in the last show, but the picture was upside down. Okay. So anyway, it's uh, it's on our page now. I've resurrected the blog. The blog existed, and then it went away when Ask Dr. Tommy started, because Ask Dr. Tommy was kind of like a giant blog. And now I've brought the blog back. So right now, if you go into the blog, you can read some things, and I'm going to start posting the recipes there. I posted about a couple different things. So just little things that don't justify going on Facebook. Because Facebook, not everyone sees because they they filter your comments. So I posted on the blog. I also posted So you can Instagram always go to com and right. see what I have on the blog. And Tracy, what is the, on Instagram is what is it? Echelon Health? It's um, uh, Concierge Medicine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just you can go into Concierge Medicine and um, follow me. Okay. So you look on Instagram and Concierge Medicine? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So follow that. We'll try to get a link up on AskDrTommy.com. Yes, that's my username, Concierge Medicine. Okay. Um, actually, I'm wondering if there's an underscore. I'm trying to remember. It's either Concierge Medicine, just, you know, a space in between, uh-huh. or it might be an underscore. Okay. I can't remember for sure. Well, very good. So this is our song of the week. And uh, for those of you who are around in the early 90s and listening to music, then you'll immediately know who this is. And for those of you who don't, this is uh, Temple of the Dog and Hunger Strike. We'll talk to you later.